This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, April 4, 2023, and here we are, the second day of the second quarter. Now, if you remember right, I've been telling you all first quarter that I don't think the first half of this year is going to be very good for the stock market. I think the stock market will start to recover in the second half sometime, even though I think the economy might be weaker in the second half. Remember, the stock market and the economy are connected, but they don't move exactly the same times, up and down, or the economy doesn't get stronger and the stock market gets better. The stock market will move before the economy. So that's my thinking. And it still hasn't changed. Uh, we're in, you know, the, the, the cycles of the economy and the stock market are important to learn. Now, I realize the stock market is doing a little bit better in the last month or so, but I'm not thinking this is a permanent move up or we've actually may have seen the bottom. We may have. I mean, no one really knows. I don't know for sure. I just go by my, my experience that tells me that, that we probably are not done with this poor stock market we're dealing with. But I think we will be by the end of the year. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here to help you on this radio program and podcast. And that help is in the form of answering your questions and providing you some guidance as what to do with your portfolios. How should you manage them? Do you understand the risks involved? Or, or a question about anything financial. We'll talk about it. Okay? So that's what we're here for. I have no agenda. I have, I will provide unbiased guy, unbiased answers to all questions. And, you know, I'm just hoping that we all will learn something. I'm, I, I learn quite often from the callers about various things. So, you know, if you want to share something financial, you can share that with me too. I like that. Be happy to. And if you're a serious investor, you need to be prepared and take lessons to heart and apply them carefully because things change all the time. So, if you want to make money in the stock market, there, the one major thing you need is a lot of patience. And you need to understand how the market and economy work and how they work in conjunction with each other. It's, it's you know, I can state that very simply, but that is, that is a mouthful of <laughs> very difficult things to learn, okay? So, anyway, so this is going to be a lesson like it is every day on this show, a lesson to help you become a successful investor. I want to do that. We like doing it. That means you got to call and ask your questions. 888-99-CHART is the number, 888-992-4278. And, of course, i got lots of material to cover, as I usually do. Justin and I always have material. My focus point today, what's causing the sudden price jump in home prices? Because we had a nice little jump. In December and January, mortgage rates began pulling back, and home buyers came and surged into the market. We'll talk about that. Time permitting, I also have some other topics. Uh, gas, 
at the pump will rise because of OPEC's cut. How much do you think it's going to go up? I have, an, I have an idea. I think it's not going to be as bad as many people have are suggesting, but I don't think. So we'll share that. J.B. Morgan thinks we are in a period of the calm before the storm. He's talking about stocks. Probably, I kind of agree with him on that. That's why I picked it out. Tesla has record sales for the first quarter. Okay, and the increase in deliveries, 4.3%. But I see trouble ahead. Why? That's what we're going to talk about, too. Got lots of things to talk about. So I, I see we have uh, uh, some caller voice bank questions ready to play. Someone wants to talk about a bond ladder. Uh, someone wants to talk about a treasury bond ETF. And I have it, iTunes review questions, too. So we'll get to those, I promise. I hope so, anyways. It is Tuesday, so I'll have a new trivia question at the halfway mark of the show, of the podcast. So I've got all this plan. What do you want to talk about? You're the one that drives the show in the direction you want it to go. As long as it's financial, I am with perfectly happy to let you drive the show. 888-99-CHART. So how'd the market do today? Well, it was down. The Dow was down 199, the NASA down 63, and the S&P down 24. Was there a reason for that to be down? Not really. Really. I mean, not really. I mean, there's no, you know, you. I, I love it when, you know, I read articles, I listen to pundits say, well, the market's down because X, Y, Z. And sometimes that's true and sometimes it's not true. I think sometimes they just pick a, a, a very, uh, uh, t- a very, talked about topic and say that's what caused the market to go down or up. And it could be true, but they don't know that for a fact. That's just their guess, their opinion. And, you know, some of them, some of the, some of the people I follow, follow are very smart and uh, many times they're right, but they're not always right. See, this is why I want you to learn and become independent in your thinking, not rely on somebody else and their thinking, your own thinking. Okay, 888 chart. Let's go ahead and take our first voicemail. Hi there. This is Daniel from Brooklyn. I'm curious of what you think of VBR small cap value ETF from Vanguard. I'm wondering whether you like it. I'm trying to work out which of the small cap value ETFs to buy. And I've got other Vanguard stocks. I like that company. So I was thinking I'd go with VBR. I'd love to know your thoughts. Thank you for the show. Okay. That's a VBR. Are Vanguard small cap value exchange traded funds seeking performance corresponding to the CRSP small cap value index, and actually it's done pretty well uh, when you compare it with the rest of the market. It's down, but for the year, but not very much. Uh, and I think it's a good. I, I think it's a good place to put some of your money. Not all your money. Uh, not the majority of your money, just a certain percentage of your money should be exposed to small cap value. It pays a 2.2% dividend, which surprises me since small cap stocks, small capitalization stocks, don't generally pay dividends. So they have a 2.2% dividend yield. And I would probably take a look at the top 10 holdings and see what they are. And, you know, make up my own mind if I like those. But I do think the value side of the market is the place to be last year and this year. And we've been saying that for some time. And I still think that's where you want to be. Not the growth part of the market, but the value side. So we're going to go to a quick break. If you're listening to uh, via live stream, you can call now. Why not? Why not call? 
Or you can call anytime you want when the question comes to your mind. And you can leave it on our Invest Talk Voice Bank. You can do that. 888 99Chart. Thank you, and I hope to be the 50 millionth download of your incredible show. It is official. As of February 21st, an exciting new Invest Talk milestone was achieved. The Invest Talk podcast exceeded 50 million downloads. How do you guys determine a value stock? 50 million. Just wanted to get your opinion on JP Morgan and BAC. Hey guys, it's Josh from South Carolina. I'm a longtime listener. 24 7, rain or shine, on tough market days or during brighter moments. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to answer your questions. Our now preferred share is kind of a hybrid asset. It's part of the capital structure. You want to buy this what's on sale, and when it gets on sale, it's about $16 a share. $50 million. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls Live, Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you. Home prices suddenly jump after several months of declines. So why? Because it's all on the, based on the mortgage rates. It was all driven by the mortgage rate. Uh, prices rose nationally by one-tenth of one percent in February when seasonally adjusted, according to Black Knight. In December and January, mortgage rates began pulling back, and home buyers surged in. Now, that's pretty typical. Um, now, rates are starting to rise again, it looks like, a little bit. But, you know, rates went from, what, a year ago, 4% to over 6%. Uh, and now they about the high point, they got up to about 7%. But when they started cooling off, that's when, when you saw homebuyers starting to come into the market. Okay, now the Fed raised another quarter point, And, you know, it looks like home prices are, you know, the sales will probably fall again because I don't think the Fed's done. But it was interesting, um, uh, price inflation over the last several years – have really spiked in, in, in certain areas. But and, and when the, and the ones they spike the most are the ones where the prices are coming down still. Other places, prices are still gained a little bit. Like the, in the Midwest, Cincinnati, Columbus, Ohio, Cleveland, they, the prices still rose. But in, let's say, Austin, that's Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, Seattle, San Francisco, prices are still coming down a little bit. Okay? So it's all the, the mortgage rates driving. Remember, the mortgage rate, you can get, um, you could have got a 3% mortgage rate if you were in the market or refinancing your house at one point, a couple, three years ago, two years, two and a half years ago, whatever it was. And I think most people did do that. They could do it. They did it. So now we're looking at uh, mortgage rates, you know, six and a half, seven percent. That's still not that bad. I, I'm looking at it from a perspective of being old. And on my first house, when I bought it, I paid twelve and a quarter for a thirty-year fix, twelve and a quarter percent for a thirty-year fixed mortgage. And I thought I had a bargain at that time. Twelve and a quarter, twelve and a quarter percent. 
or 30%. Now, that's, that's ridiculously high, but that's what it was back then. And the housing market still was active. It wasn't nearly as active as it has been in recent years, but it was still active, and people didn't stop buying houses. But, you know, also house prices didn't rise like they've been rising. So, anyways, that's what's happening out there. So, we'll see. New the, One of the problems we're dealing with is not just the mortgage rate. We also have a lack of inventory. And that's been a problem for a couple, three, four years. Lack of inventory out there. So, I think that's not going to go away for a while. Okay, let's keep moving on and answer some more questions from the Invest Talk Voice Bank at 888-99 chart. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Keith here with a question for you on bond ladders. How do you build a bond ladder against a inverted yield curve? I'm assuming you don't get go out beyond the point where the curve inverts, which right now I think is around three months. So uh, that's my question. I'll listen for the answer. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. You actually do. You're wrong. You do buy. If you're building a bond ladder, yes, you do buy longer than three months. You go out three, four, maybe five years. You're building a ladder. Now, why would you know? I know you why you said that because the interest rate yield is higher on a much shorter, you know, three months, six months, one year uh, treasuries where you can get you make less money on the longer term, right? Right? Right. So, what happens three years from now, two and a half years ago, three years ago, the Federal Reserve starts to lower, or a year from now, what if the Federal Reserve next year starts to lower interest rates? Now, that lowering interest rates will affect short-term bonds immediately, but it may make the value of long-term bonds go up, depending on how aggressive they are when they lower rates. See, so you don't know where the rates are, and you're not, you know, if, I don't know if, I think they're going to still raise in the short term, but I don't know when the economy really starts to slow down and they start to worry about slowing down too much, they're going to quickly slow, uh, re- reduce rates, reduce interest rates, federal re- the federal funds rate. And that will mean their three-month treasuries won't be paying very much, right? But what will happen is the value of your long treasuries will start to go up. The value will go up. The yield will be the same, but the values will go up. So, you know, you still stretch it out. Now, when you're building a ladder, you're having bond due come in three months, six months, one year, two years, three years, five years. That's the ladder. That's the rungs of the ladder. You don't go out very far because, because of the environment we're in, maybe five years, not longer. When interest rates start to fall, you start you know, the long year, uh, long bonds usually start to go up. And then you want to start buying longer bonds because the yields will probably go up as well. So, you, you know, it, that's why you build a ladder for, 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 because of, of the unknown. And those banks should have done that and they would have been okay if they did, but they didn't. They just had long terms, which is stupid. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, my phone lines are open, at least the banks that went under. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. My trivia question is coming up, and today it's a fun question. Each day, Invest Talk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? 
Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Hi, Invest Talk host. Love the show, been a long time listener. I just had a question. I got a about emergency fund. Uh, I was thinking about moving my emergency fund about seventy five percent of it into uh, the ticker symbol is SGOV. It's a U.S. one to three month treasuries, and I was just checking to see if you know if that's a pretty safe way to make about four and a half percent interest, give or take, on my emergency fund. And you know, if interest rates go back down, I might pull it back out, but just kind of. To get more than my bank, which I believe is like zero, you know, point zero zero three five percent. Thank you. The answer is yes. Uh, this is an ETF, a SGOV. Uh, an ETF t- uh, seeks to track the investment results of the ICE zero to three month U.S. Treasury Securities Index. So it's extremely safe. Pays a pretty nice return. Uh, much better than your money market, and you know it's pretty liquid. I mean, there's no you can get rid of it and sell it anytime you want. So yeah, I think it's a good place to park emergency money and make you know some money on your money. You're still making much less than inflation, but at least you're making something much better than a savings account. So yeah, I I do like it as a place to park. S G O V, a place to park some of your cash. Let's go to Alberto in San Jose. Hi, Alberto. Hello, Steve. Thank you for taking my calls. I love your show. Thank you. Um, I have uh, tech stocks, uh, Apple, NVIDIA, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. I was wondering if I should just put them in the VGT ETF and let them grow there. Uh, I, I, I think I would keep those two stocks you just mentioned, Apple and, and, and NVIDIA. NVIDIA. Yeah, those are pretty yeah. high-quality, huge companies that I think have legs for the future. I mean, I think they will always do well for the foreseeable future. And the only benefit you have from going from those two stocks to VGT, the Vanguard Information Tech Sector, as an exchange-traded fund, is that it will give you more diversification, okay, than just those two stocks. You should never just own two stocks. It's not enough that for a proper diversification. But I, I, both those stocks, for long term, I like them both. I, I think they're both will probably outperform the market long term. Okay. So that thank you. So don't necessarily sell them necessarily. But I also like you to diversify as you're suggesting. So I like. So it's hard to answer that question. You can cut back a little bit and put that little cut back into VGT. I don't have a problem with that either. Just don't get rid of them wholesale. Okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, um, gas at the pump, gas prices at the pump is going to go rise. It's going to rise. So I think the national average is like three fifty. I give you the prices every Friday, and I'll be doing it again this Friday. Um, but it's like three fifty something. I think that's going to go to four. I really do, um, because of OPEC's cutting production. What really irritates me greatly is that we're relying on foreign oil when we don't have to. We still do. We don't have to. We have plenty of oil in the ground here in the United States. We just got to have a, you know, we have to have an environment, a political environment that allow us to get it out. Meanwhile, the, why, politically speaking, do we want to rely on oil from people that really don't like us very much? That makes no sense to me. But I don't want you to feel that the prices are going to go up. Maybe a barrel of oil is going to go to 100 bucks. That's possible. 
Um, I don't think it is really, but I, it's possible. Um, but I don't think that's going to you know ruin our economy. But it will do some of the work that the Fed is trying to do, and that's slow down our economy. The higher the oil prices, the, the more restrictive it is in our economic growth. So, you know, that's a concern or a consideration that the Federal Reserve has to take, that that's what's going to be a result of higher oil prices. Um, and I just, I just think that we need to look out for ourselves. I do think we're going to look at from three fifty to four dollars a gallon on a nationwide basis, and that means here in California, you're probably seeing five five fifty per gallon here in California. So all you people out there not in California, you got to feel sorry for me because I I had to buy gas. <laughs> but that's just the way it is. I could always move. I could. And believe me, I've had many discussions with my wife about moving, but I really love the weather. <laughs> okay, trivia. It's trivia Tuesday, everybody. So let's get to it. There isn't an invaluable way to predict how the stock market may behave in the future. No one knows. Just because a stock is performing well one day or one month or even a year doesn't necessarily mean it will continue to do so going forward. But every now and then, it can be fun to play what if. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. How much money would you have today? If you had invested $1,000 in Nike 10 years ago, I'll supply the answer after the break. My Invest Talk phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99 Chart. Okay, before the uh, break, I gave you a trivia question, kind of a fun one. How much money would you have today if you had invested $1,000 in Nike 10 years ago? Instead of picking stocks to invest in one by one, a more hands-off investment strategy, which is probably suitable for most investors, probably makes sense for most investors, is to buy you know uh, index funds, ETFs or mutual funds, low-cost index funds. But everyone has a different risk profile. So some people buy index funds, but then have some extra cash and may want to buy one or two stocks. You can do that. It's okay as long as you don't buy too much. You you know you have proper diversification. So with that in mind, I gave a fun question, okay? So it's kind of irrelevant, irrelevant, really. So here's the answer. Based on data from the late, from as late as 2022. So I'll start with one year ago. If you had invested $1,000 in Nike one year ago, your investment would be worth $908. You would have lost almost 10% as of March 22nd, Okay. If you invested $1,000 in Nike five years ago, your investment would have, been, would have nearly doubled to $1,937 as of March 22nd. That's according to CNBC's calculations, by the way. And if you had put $1,000 in Nike 10 years ago, it would have more than quadrupled to $4,293 as of March 22nd. Okay? So what does that tell you? Okay, so last year it's gone down 10%. 
but if you would have bought it and held on to it. So think about the future. Market has a tendency to always go up, but there's long periods. We have had a whole year here, market's down. If you're in gross stocks, it's down, you're down quite a bit. Value stocks are down, but not as much. So you have pain, but you know, how if you stay with it, the problem is people get out right at the bottom when they had the worst time to get out, but they feel the worst because they lost money in the market. Try not to react with your emotions. Let's go to Bo, uh, Bill in North Carolina. How you doing, Bill? Hey, uh, Northern California. Yeah, Steve, I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Good. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate it. Um, well, I've been uh, kind of looking at healthcare stocks lately, and I already owned uh, AbbVie for some time, uh, several years, and done well in it. And uh, uh, I was I was interested in Pfizer, but also in Johnson and Johnson. And I actually put an order in that didn't get filled the other day for J and J, but I picked up a little bit of Pfizer. But how do you think the healthcare? At this time, is that are these good value stocks? Because they look that way to me. I'm interested in dividends. Yeah, a lot of the healthcare stocks are at pretty good values right now. Um, I think it's a good place to be looking. Um, um, and I do like Pfizer and I like Johnson Johnson. Now Johnson Johnson is not the same as Pfizer. Johnson Johnson is more of a broad base uh, healthcare provider, whereas Pfizer is, is uh, drugs, you know, develops biopharmaceutical bio products that, and other medicines and vaccines, okay? So they're a little bit different. They're yeah. a little bit different in the market. But you're looking at a Pfizer that's a PE, you know, the company is, the stock is $40.90 and you're going to make three eighty-eight. That means it's what, 11, 12 PE based on next year's earnings? Don't look back because in 2022, they made $6.58. Yeah. Which you know is a lot, but right. that, that a lot of that is from you know the uh, COVID vaccines and stuff, which is going to disappear. But they also pay a four percent dividend. Johnson Johnson now doesn't it it makes drugs, uh, but it also you know sells consumer stuff, shampoos and powders and all kinds of things. Okay, uh, they're going to make nine dollars and thirty five cents. It's a hundred fifty eight dollar stock, so it's more expensive. So from a value point of view, I think Pfizer probably is a better value play. But both of them are very strong. I like Johnson Johnson. You buy it when it's weak, and it looks pretty weak here. This is a pretty low price for Johnson & Johnson. Okay, but yeah. yeah, so, okay. Good luck with it, Bill. Either one of them. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Let's go to Rapish in San Jose. Hi. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking calls. Appreciate um, what you no do on the call. Us. You want to talk about BlackRock? Uh, I'm looking at uh, starting, yeah, BlackRock and Blackstone. I'm trying to uh, start a position in both. I was wondering, uh, should I be equal weight uh, in terms of dollar amount investing in these, or should I prefer one over the other, and what would be a good entry point for these? Okay, BlackRock uh, manages fixed income, cash, equity, alternative investments, products for institutions and individuals. It's a huge company, $100 billion company. Their, their, their earnings are going to be a little bit down, 3% down this year, but we bounce back next year by 14%. That's the estimates. Pays a 3% dividend. Return equity is very healthy at 14%. And it's a $659 stock, going to make $39.48. So we're talking, what, an 18 or 19 PE? Uh, and that's 
kind of in the middle of its range. So right now you can't say it's cheap, okay? But you can't say expensive either. You know, it's just fairly valued right where it is. Um, I'd probably wait a little while before I jumped into jump into these financials. This, you know, this is a financial. BlackRock is a very well run company. Um, I think you might get a better price. I think it could get down to you know the low five hundreds. Okay, five ten, five hundred and twenty dollars, maybe five hundred thirty dollars. And I, I, I would be a much more interested buyer then. That's what I would do. Appreciate the call, Rashid. Repeat. Thank you. Let's go to Frank in San Rafael. Wants to talk about Schwab. Yeah. Hi. Thanks, uh, Steve. I've, I've been listening to you since your original partner years and years ago. Jerry. And secondly, Klein. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And secondly, I'm wondering if you're going to retire. You're not on as long as, as you used to be. Yeah. And third, well, Schwab. I and third, help. Schwab. Uh, uh-huh. Third Schwab, uh, I was wondering if, how they're doing, going to do financially because I heard rumors that they've been buying long-term, uh, putting all their cash in long-term uh, stocks, and I was wondering if that has any uh, uh, indication of how the company is. Well, Schwab uh, is bought TD Ameritrade a year and a half, two years ago, and they're going to be combining those assets <laughs> with them, and they're going to be one of the lar- they, if not the largest discount brokerage in the world. Um, I do like Schwab because of that. Uh, they're growing their money. They're going to grow one percent this year, but next year they're going to they're scheduled to grow earnings by twenty five percent. Sales growth is pretty pretty impressive. Thirty percent in the most recent quarter. Twenty six percent before that. Thirteen percent. I, I kind of that's a fifty dollar stock going to make four dollars ninety one cents. That's almost that's eleven PE, and their range is ten to thirty three. I like Schwab. Okay, sure. I, I, I think it's a good a good price. Now, it's obviously was eighty dollars a share not that long ago. Here it is at fifty. To me, it might go down a little bit more. But man, this is a this is a buy area in my mind. As long as you're a long term holder and you don't mind holding it through the weakness, I think it's 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 got some legs in the future. I do. So I kind of like Schwab. Schwab symbol, everybody. S C H. W. And why I've been in and out, in and out, I've had some health problems the last six months that I think are behind me now. But I still, uh, you know, I am getting up there in age, and Justin's much younger than me, so, you know, he, he's, you know, he, it's just a natural consequence that he eventually will, you know, take over more and more. But I do plan on being there for as long as I can. I don't really want to retire. I don't, I mean, I'm just not. It's not in me to retire, and I love doing the show, so I want to keep doing it. Okay, I appreciate the call. That was Schwab. Okay, Invest Talk, talking point. I, you know, JP Morgan thinks we are in a period of the calm before the storm for stocks, and I kind of agree with them. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw it, but the job openings report was significantly less than it has been. We still have a lot of jobs open. We do. Nine point something million in the high nine millions. It used to be over 10, so it came down. But I still think, you know, we're going to see some soft spots in the stock market. And and I'm agreeing with J.P. Morgan. They think the bank issues is not necessarily behind us, but it is going to slow down the economy because the banks are going to tighten up. You've heard me talk about that several weeks now. I've been discussing that. Oil prices going up by by OPEC, and we are really not doing anything to try to increase our own supplies. 
So that's probably going to stay the same. And just because we're going to, all these things we're dealing with, the economy is probably going to slow. Okay? And that's exactly what the Fed wants. And since we're not done cutting, I still think they'll raise rates another point or two, not a whole point, but another quarter point, maybe half a point, maybe three quarters of a point. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that they're still on that. Until they see actual weakness in the market, well, when they see weakness in the market, the stock market will already have fallen. It's already, it'll be weaker. So that's why, you know, there's, there's very solid reasons. Now, the market, the economy has been very resilient, okay, and I'll say that. Stock market hasn't really recovered from its bear market ways yet, and I don't think it is going to. And I did tell you, and I will tell you again, I've been telling you, I think, the second half of this year. Last year, I said it's going to be the second half of this year, and I still think that's true. Let's go to Edgar in San Diego, where I grew up. Hi, Edgar. Hey, Steve. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Oh, sure. My pleasure. Hey, uh, Steve. I got into uh, Western Union for dividend, and I am about uh, 35 to 45% down. Is it time mm. to let it go and do something else, or should I hang in? Western Union, everybody, it's a $4 billion company, provides money transfers and payments via 550,000 agent locations in more than 200 countries and territories. I don't like Western Union. I don't like their business model. I think their business model is outdated because you've got now PayPal and uh, Venmo and, you got, you know, you got all these different ways to train, to transfer money anywhere in the world. You don't need 550,000 agent locations anymore. So I think their business model is now antiquated, even though the stock price is very cheap, and they do pay a very large dividend, but their earnings, the sales are going down, earnings are going down. I am just not keen on Western Union. I just don't think the, the business model has, you know, has a future. They got to change. They got to do something, and I don't know if they're going to do something, okay, uh, to to make their, to make themselves more relevant. So I probably get out, even though they pay a really nice dividend and not a very expensive stock. It's a very low price stock actually, ten dollar stock going to make dollar sixty three, so you know it's six PE or so, very low price, but I'm not keen on the stock. I'm really not. Appreciate the call. All right, thing. thank you. Thank you, Edgar. Okay, well, Justin Klein and I have been telling you for a while now that we are in a new market environment. Cycles are a natural part of almost everything in life, and we're in a bear market cycle. How long will bear markets last? Uh, usually one to three years. So we're one year and three months into this one. Okay, so it can last longer. I don't think it's going to last three years, but, you know, I don't know that for sure. If you're a serious investor, though, you adjust to the times that you're in. you got to fit the portfolio to the times. That doesn't mean you go sell, get out of stocks. You should already be well diversified. But you do, you do and can lean on different, different types of stocks to try to weather the weakness. Okay? And you just have to understand the cycles. And, of course, we do at KPP Financial. You know, we're not... You know, we're, we don't have a crystal ball or anything, but we certainly, you hear us on the radio. What's nice about 
KPP Financial, is you don't have to guess what we're thinking. We tell you every day, every day. We tell you what we think. And then you can compare that with what's going on, what's actually fact. Okay? You can do that. Uh, yeah, my, I, I'm not saying we won't, we'll be right all the time, but, you know, we're pretty good about this. So, if you want KPP, KPP Financial to help you manage your portfolio, we'd be happy to take a look at what you have, talk about the risks involved in your portfolio, talk to you about how much risk you want to take, and we will match your risk with what you should be taking and what you want to take. And can make sure your portfolio is properly diversified on the risk level that you like. That doesn't mean you have to be in the market. You don't have to be in the stock market. You don't. You know, if that's not something you want to do. We have very conservative portfolios to talk about if you want to. It's up to you. We want to help you. All you do is call us, and we'll help you. About 10 minutes worth of your time, and you'll understand that we're really here to help you. We'll be happy to do it. Okay? The sooner you contact us, the sooner you'll get that help. So contact us. You can contact us various ways. Go to our website. Call our offices, Irvine, California. You know, you know, on our website, you just hit contact us. It's an email that comes directly to us. Tell us what you want. You will, we're happy to do it. Okay. Um, this is Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Justin Klein and Steve Beasley are ready to take on your finance and investment questions. Call Investor 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. Okay, when people take the time to leave an Investor podcast review on iTunes, we'd like to thank them for their courtesy by getting to their question quickly. Adrian from Texas writes... I hope to hear from your thought. Hope to hear your thoughts on GT. Also, what monetary hits come with selling stocks short in a Roth IRA? Can it be calculated? Yes, it can be calculated. Uh, selling short is something that I would not suggest for many people because you have to have a, you know, pretty be pretty knowledgeable about that. Selling short people means you sell a stock, you borrow somebody else's stock and sell it today. On with the idea that you'll buy it back later and give it back to them at a lower price. Okay, lower price. So you want the stock to go down in price because you can buy it back at a lower price and give it back to them and you can pocket the difference. That's selling short and it's not for 99% of the people out there. You don't even try it. Don't need to. GT is Goodyear Tire and Rubber. Of course, it is a cyclical stock attached to the economic cycle and of course, it's attached to all Cars, right? How many cars are being sold and, you know, how the economy is going. So it manufactures rubber-related chemicals for transportation and industrial markets. It's going to make $1.06 this year. It made $1.30 last year. Next year, it's going to make $1.66. It's a $10.55 stock. So it's a low price. And I, I would be much happier thinking about owning it if it paid a dividend, but it doesn't. And the return on equity is only 7%. That's too low for me. That's not good enough. And they have debt. I don't like that either. Now, cash flow is very strong at $4.22. That's good. And they're still growing their sales in the single digits. 
but they're still growing. But if we do have an economic slowdown, this will affect them directly. So I'm not that keen on Goodyear. I wouldn't be something I would want to be. I'd be interested in. Just not. Okay? Okay, Tesla, since we're talking about cars, we're also talking about Tesla. You know, everybody knows who Tesla is. One of the darling stocks, even though it's an automobile maker, and it shouldn't be, but it is. Um, um, they had a record first quarter in sales, and they increased their deliveries 4.3%. But there's a kind of a cloud overhanging this company right now, right now. And that's called inventory. Okay? Their inventory has exploded, meaning there are unsold autos that they have that can't not be sold. They make them, but they're not being sold. They're not growing fast enough to get rid of that inventory. And a lot of analysts are think this is very significant, and they are really worried about price cuts to, to move their inventory. Well, why would that be a bother? Because price cuts cut right into profits. And auto companies, notoriously in history, maybe not Tesla, but historically, their price margins are not that big, okay? Uh, And if they have to cut prices, you know, because they want to get rid of their inventory, that's, that's a big issue for Tesla. So that's just, I'm just reporting the news. Tesla has been one of those stocks that done nothing but go up for years and years and years and years. Even when they have, sent, well, some points years ago, they were so in debt, it didn't look like they'd ever be able to get out of it, but they did. Um, so they're still a strong, growing company. Yeah, I'm not tr- suggesting you just get out. I'm suggesting that, you know, you're going to see some weakness in their profits if they have to discount their cars to move their inventory. And that's one of the problems with all auto companies. You know, sometimes they have inventory issues. And that's one of the reasons why you like to look at the inventories when you think about buying an auto company. I have never been very keen on auto companies as their stocks. I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever owned an auto company stock. I just don't like them. I don't like that they're economically sensitive. I don't like the debt that they carry. And they always generally pay a dividend, and they shouldn't if they have lots of debt. I just don't like the the business model, I guess. I don't like it. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein, I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us, about our free podcast downloads. Everything's free. It's always free. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. We would appreciate that. Remember to follow Invest Talk on social media. It helps us. And everyone in the Invest Talk community, it will help everyone. Independent thing is share success, everybody. This is Invest Talk. Have a good night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. 
For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. Thank you.